0: Welcome to Thinking Ahead, your leading-edge insights podcast. Each episode reveals the latest insights on today's consumers and offers a sneak peek of tomorrow's marketplace. Stop guessing what's next and start thinking ahead. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Thinking Ahead. A GFK Insights Podcast. This is Hannah Leiter, your host. For today's episode, we are bringing back a past guest, He has a passion for building brands, along with a deep understanding of the intricacies of effective communications, especially when it comes to advertising. In fact, in our last episode together, we discussed the changes and challenges within advertising. And today we're going to go a little deeper into that and look at specifically one of the most important screens for advertising today, your mobile screen. Everyone, please give a silent welcome through your headphones to John Brand, SVP of GFK's Marketing Effectiveness and leader in the AdFit Optimizer tool. Welcome, John.
1: Hi Hannah, it's great to be here again.
0: So let's get right into it. We already had an episode about the changes and challenges within advertising, which of course, it's always changing. There's always new things coming up. But why is it important that we pay attention specifically to mobile ads?
1: Mobile advertising is a really interesting dynamic. It's the fastest growing area in the advertising world. Uh, you know, TV is remaining relatively constant. Other digital advertising is declining as mobile is picking up and growing fairly rapidly. Um, at the same time, very, we find very few clients are actually testing specifically in mobile environments. And we find that the way people interact with ads in the mobile environment is different than everywhere else, and if you're advertising a mobile environment, is going to be successful. It's really important that you um, understand how the ads will work there.
0: So, what are the top things you need to think about when you're optimizing for that smaller screen?
1: Well, I mean, the first there's two key things one, over time, people have you have developed. Uh, unique ways in which they interact with content on mobile devices. It's different from everywhere else. They're they're pickier about what they're going to look at. Um, they're they're quicker to disengage and go somewhere else. Uh, so it's even more important to engage them, uh, and, and and that becomes a really critical thing to keep in mind. The other, as you said, is very simply the size of the screen. That has a huge influence in terms of. What people are looking at, how they see it, what the size of it is. Can they read a font? So an ad that was created to be on a larger screen may be difficult to see on a smaller screen. Um, you know, Video scenes that are, look great on a larger screen may look distant, far off, and be less engaging on a smaller screen. So very simply put, the size of the screen has a huge impact um, uh, on how well ads will work in the environment.
0: Two very popular types of ads that people are using specifically on mobile screens is video ads and display ads. Can you explain the difference between the two in terms of effectiveness?
1: Well, they both can be very effective. I mean, I think that's the key lesson that we have across all advertising that we test. And I'm a firm believer that there's no such thing as saying ads don't work here, ads don't work there. This style of ad doesn't work. That style of ad does work. Because well-executed ads in any form, in any environment, can be very effective. Um, there are things that make some better than others. And in a mobile environment, you know the cues with video is a little bit shorter is better. Um, getting to engage consumers right away is critically important because they tend to disengage more quickly with video ads on mobile devices than anywhere else. And it's also important to do things early on to engage them, to give them an idea of where the ad is going. With display ads, it's all about size and and the degree to which things pop out and the way that you end up. Um, Being able to see it on the screen. A lot of display ads still have really small font or too much copy. And when consumers see things like that, they just don't look at it. We were testing some display ads just the other day that on one side of the ad had a larger headline. On the other side had smaller type for detail. And we found that consumers never looked at the detail because, you know, uh, they just uh, weren't going to deal with that on the smaller devices.
0: Yeah, you definitely have to... Give your appreciation to a good advertiser because it is interesting how you talk about that. You have to give the consumer everything about what the ad is gonna be in the first, you know, three or four seconds before they decide to move on. But at the same time, it needs to be super simple. I mean, that is that can be an art to figure out.
1: Yeah, Hannah. You know, it's it's interesting because um, you know one of the things I've seen over my career is that there's a fundamental difference between, for example, ads in Europe and ads in the United States. Europeans, when they look at ads, they like to be taken on a journey and they like to see how things are gonna develop over time of the ad and where it ends up and they like to be surprised and, and and like to find that aha moment late in the ad. In North America, people aren't patient like that. They want to know right away what an ad is about and if they don't at least have an idea, they tend to disengage. We've tested some absolutely magnificent creative that's beautiful and you watch it and you say, wow, this is really cool, but we found that if consumers had no idea with those ads what they were about early on, they just stopped watching, even though it might have been a really beautiful ad. So that notion in North America of engaging people early on is really critical.
0: Yeah, that's, the very, uh, that's a very New York attitude, I feel. But you're right. Uh, cultural differences is definitely something else to consider if you want it to be as effective as possible. Now, can you explain, this is coming from an article that you recently wrote um, in Quirks, and to anyone listening, I will link it for you below if you would like to read that. Uh, But you explain the concept of hook and hold. So how are they different when working with a mobile screen?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, hook and hold is the ability of an ad to draw you in right away, and hold is the ability to keep your attention. Uh, when you're looking with a mobile screen, we find that with video ads, consumers disengage much more quickly. Uh, and, and so it's really important, as I was just saying, to get them engaged at the very beginning, to get them hooked to want to keep watching the ad. Um, it's interesting with display ads um, that we actually see that on mobile devices sometimes consumers spend a little more time with display ads than they do on larger devices um and and part of that is because when you see a display ad on a large screen it's typically embedded in lots of other content but because on a mobile device you're scrolling through content rather than looking at a large page at once that display ad shows up not quite by itself, but in a much more selective environment, and it's more likely they're gonna look at it and spend just a little bit more time with it. Um, So that doesn't mean you have carte blanche to go and um, have a lot more content or make it more difficult to read, but it does mean that you have a little bit more time on a mobile device um, to engage consumers uh, with display ads.
0: Expanding from mobile ads on websites, which is kind of what we've been talking about, what about social media? Do we need to think about it differently once it comes to those ads?
1: Yeah, actually, social media adds a lot of new variables to advertising. Um, and if you take an ad and just that you think is working and just plop it in there, there's going to be differences in the way it works. And why is that? Well, let's start with video ads. Uh, in social media, in almost all environments, social ads start out as being muted. And you only, the, the viewer will only hear the sound if they actually go and turn it on. That's a really high level of engagement. So ads in social media have to work visually without the sound. Um, and if you can engage them very early in a way that they want to turn the sound on, even better. But you have to take into account that audio may not play a role. Um, The the other thing is in social media, because it is so much about what the people really want and what they're interested in, we have found that ads and social media tend to work, video ads and social media tend to work better on the shorter side. That's why a lot of companies that do a lot of advertising in that environment are looking at various types of short form video ads. Um, Often six seconds, I've seen some even shorter, And that's reflective of the shortened attention spans in that environment. And we've actually found that those ads can be very effective if executed properly. Um, And again, kind of like the difference between a 30-second and a 15-second on broadcast ads that are designed to work in a five-second format or six-second format are much more effective than if you try to cut something down because you have a very short period of time to engage and communicate. They have to be very, very focused in what they're trying to achieve. The other element that's unique about um, social media is quite often um, the standard ad format is actually encircled by um, some... Let's say a header that might say what the ad is about. It might say the brand or reinforce the brand or even have a a quick headline sometimes in it. Um and so that becomes an additional element that can influence the way they look at it. Often that might be what draws them in. Sometimes we've actually found the best branding is incurring in those um in those headers rather than the quote unquote actual ad. So understanding what that uh, environment's going to actually look like when it's out there is something that's really important when looking at social media ads that is not really necessarily as much of a concern or concern in the same way in other environments.
0: What about the two way communication element that comes with social media? Does that bring its own challenges as well when it comes to advertising on those platforms? Well,
1: you know, historically, a lot of brands hope that they achieve two way communication in digital advertising in general, the reality is it happens with a very small group of people. The difference that you find in social media is you can get comments, Um, you can get likes, you can get um, people posting comments about it and that can influence um, not only um, what other people may see but it may also influence um, people being drawn into uh, um, um, ads that have been liked by somebody. Um, and so that that can be important, but at the end of the day, uh, I think that the ability to generate two way communication um, maybe is a little bit overrated, and we'll talk about this because um, you know there's a huge impact that these ads have, even if they never communicate two way, even if they never click through, if none of that ever happens, digital ads can have a big impact, and that's true in social media as well, um, and so. The key thing to do, I think, and the key way to even generate two-way communication is create great ads. Create ads that are truly relevant to consumers, that engage them, that inspire them. Uh, and, and especially if you can even make an emotional connection with them, those are the ads that are going to generate those added value type things like two-way communication that can be so valuable above and beyond all the power that a normal ad can bring.
0: I think you're bringing up a lot of points from actually our last episode where you gave a whole list of things to think about when creating a good ad. So if you want more information on what John just said, you guys, I will link that in the show notes, the other episode, and I definitely recommend that you go and listen to that. I want to talk a little bit, John, about also newer social media channels, because I think before... The quote-unquote traditional, if you want to call it that, social channels was Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those. However, now we have new ones coming and they keep emerging. For example, TikTok, of course, and the other one that has created quite a buzz lately is Clubhouse. So when it comes to the AdFit Optimizer tool, which is a big part of your job and what you work with, or the um, AFO is another word for it. Um, is it able to adapt and stimulate ads as those new channels continue to
1: emerge? Well, what's interesting about what you said is the very essence of digital advertising is change. It is constantly evolving. You know, And even in what you were defining as the traditional um, uh, environments, they're evolving as well. And it's one of the reasons that we've kind of uh, taken as a uh, a, a key cause and something we have to do is to constantly evolve AFO as well. Um, and so as clients come to us interested in new environments, we're able to work with them to um, uh, to create those environments to test their ads in. Uh, and, you know, I think the other thing that goes around that, it's, it's not even just things like TikTok and Clubhouse. Um, it's, it's, it's things like, Um, you know, you look at more highly targeted ads and the ability to buy media against highly targeted ads in all these environments. And how does that influence and how does that affect creative and highly targeted creative? Those are all hot issues as well that we keep coming up against. Not to mention the other things, because people are always trying to understand different elements of that world, whether it's, you know, uh, they've always been somewhat fixated on the notion of 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 click throughs, but what about landing pages if you click through? And we've worked with a number of clients to understand what the landing page works and what works and what doesn't work there. We've even worked with clients in looking at ads on their own environments. So on their own websites, what happens when you put an ad there? Uh, and uh, wh- whether it's a general website that go- people go to or, let's say, a financial services website where you're having all their customers going to. How do those ads work and how do you optimize those? So, you know, that whole notion of evolution in the digital world is nonstop and rapid, and we are constantly working with our clients at um, taking a look at the latest developments and helping them understand how they can best succeed in those um, environments. That's
0: Right. I mean, it makes sense I, because, of course, with everything evolving, the tool to test it has to be evolving just as quick, if not quicker, to make sure that you're catching those new behaviors within consumers looking and interacting with the ads. Another thing that comes up so often with digital advertising is this idea of immediate measurements. Of course, you can see those comments or likes and people take that as positive feedback. Uh, However, many people just go straight to these results without actually testing ads before. Why is this a risky plan?
1: Well, I think one of the riskiest parts about it is what always amazes me as I talk to companies across the country is how many companies are relying on test and replace approaches to digital advertising exclusively? Um, and even as ad budgets in the digital world have increased, a lot of companies are still doing that. They are putting ads out there because they're inexpensive to create and they're seeing what kind of click through rates they get. And based on that, they decide do we keep this or replace it with something? And, and that's the extent of the testing they're doing. And it really kind of calls back to the historical um, direct response advertising the way that was always treated in the marketing world. But digital ads are, are a lot more than that. And the degree to which people click through is a very small portion of the people who are exposed to it and the impact that ads can have there. And when you only rely on click-through rates, you're really minimizing the way you think about what the impact of your ads are going to be. And beyond that, the other thing you don't get when you just look at things like click-through rates or comments are diagnostics. How do you improve what we're doing with ads? Why is this one working? Why isn't this one? How do we get smarter at creating ads, which will make them not only more effective, but also make our ad creation process more efficient? And that's what the importance is of doing a little bit more detailed um, um, testing of all forms of digital ads. And what we think the potential problem is when you don't is you really never imp- know how to improve what you're doing that effectively. And there's been a lot of research historically that's shown that you know when you test ads, that the efficiencies it creates in terms of not having wasted media, in terms of creative development team or even production time, Um, really pays off um, in, in testing creative. But, you know, one of the things that we knew when we created our system is that a lot of companies are reluctant to spend the money to test digital ads. It's a timing thing often as well. And so, you know, two of the things we really built into the system is both cost efficiency and time efficiency. We turn around these projects very quickly. The cost is low so that our clients can often develop learning plans where they'll test multiple versions of an ad and the cost of doing that is still less than in a lot of the traditional copy testing systems. So we try to help them along with it, but we think it's absolutely critical um, if you're trying to optimize the way your advertising is working and the way your media budget is paying out, it's really important to understand why ads work the way they do and how you can optimize them.
0: So of course, the quick and convenient idea of just putting the ads out there, as you just said, is one of the reasons why people go straight to it. I would say cheap also, but I'm I'm aware that actually testing it with a tool such as AFO is in fact not that expensive. So how can you, as someone working for a company, get others to focus more on adding that testing element before they are pushing things out to consumers?
1: Look, the easiest argument is the one that's always most impactful. Ads are create, you know, marketing directors are always um, being pushed to increase the effectiveness. Their budgets are based on the effectiveness of their advertising. And the promise of increasing effectiveness, increasing efficiencies, so that you can actually speed up the process of what you're doing because you're learning more about what works and what doesn't, um, is ultimately the big payoff that I think needs to be communicated internally um, to organizations and why they should be doing it Uh, the other thing that i would say is it's also about being really smart Um, you know another thing that happens in the digital world is quite often lots and lots of digital ads are creative created and we don't think you need to necessarily test them all but let's be smart about when you test them when you come up with a new creative approach for digital ads That's when you test. When you're doing iterations of that, if you understand the way those ads work, you don't need to really test those as much. So it's about being really smart about what you do and getting insights when you really need them and when they can have the most impact across your marketing budget.
0: You know, I mentioned very recently that in the past episode, you gave a good list of ways to make a good ad And that everyone listening should go listen to that. However, uh, I think I'm going to go back on that. And I think we need to create a little checklist in this episode as well. So can you give us just a really quick, what are the biggest ways that you can make that ad as creative as possible or as effective as possible before you go into that testing? What What should you be looking at? to make sure that you already have a product or an ad that's ready for that testing phase before we push it out.
1: I, you know, I think there's a great simple test that people can do um, with a video ad. Look at the first five seconds of the ad and ask yourself, do I want to see more? Do I know what this is about? Has this really engaged me? With a banner ad, look at it for two seconds and see what is it you take away? You know, you could flash it on your screen for two seconds, What are you taking away? Is it grabbing your attention? That is a really good starting point to understand how an ad might work and can be done just simply in the process of evaluating ads. And we think that can be really helpful. You know, obviously beyond that, when you're thinking about mobile ads, you know, really focus on the length, the clarity, the simplicity, the ability to engage early on. Um, you know, the size of the font. those are all things that are really critical and um, and and again, as that quick test, if you have something that you can look at in that way, Um, try to look at it on a a, um, mobile device because looking at it on a uh, a storyboard that's been created by your creative team isn't going to reflect what it's going to look like on the device eventually. Take a picture of it and look at it on your phone and see what that looks like. Those are some nice internal things that you can do to see how an ad might work on a mobile device.
0: Thinking ahead, what do you think is next for mobile ad testing specifically? What's going to emerge? What are people going to start looking for? What's next for the AFO tool?
1: Well, I think, you know, we're always evolving in terms of the environment and and trying to get greater um, insights that we can out of it. We think we've done a really nice job with that, and we're always looking at new ways to get better insights. Um, But, you know, I think the big challenge facing the advertising world today is actually going beyond just ad testing to how do you track ads um, once they're actually in market. And that's becoming more and more challenging with the changing world of, you know, the elimination of cookies in in a lot of environments and how do you identify who's seen it uh, and, and so forth. And, you know, GFK has been doing a lot of work in developing new tools in that area, but one of the things that we are also doing is we are working to integrate the constructs that are in AdFit Optimizer um, into tracking environments as well. So that you get that complete learning circle of moving from testing to tracking. What do you learn in testing that will affect what you do in mar- what happens in market? How do you evaluate what happens in market that might circle back and influence the way you look at ad test results in the future. Um, I've been very successful at doing this with clients in the past um, in some unique environments, but we're looking to try to systematize that um, at GFK to, to make that something that we can provide our clients on an ongoing basis, which ultimately drives deeper and better learning over time. So yeah, we're looking to evolve the AFO tool in terms of how it works as a pre-testing tool, but we're also looking to expand it to understand how you can create that really efficient system that um, bridges both pre- and post-testing environments.
0: John, you've been working with this type of uh, effect- ad effectiveness for a long time. So as a final question, I would love to know, as an expert in effective advertising, what is your best personal advice for someone who's currently struggling to better their approach?
1: You know, I think there's been a lot written over the years about what makes great ads. And a lot of that always holds true. Um, and I, I think the key thing you always have to do is go back to some of those foundations. Um, and even with really new and unique approaches to advertising or creative ideas is to try to apply some of those foundations to that it doesn't have to fit like a um, real tight fit but it's a good guidance to look at in terms of we know that this is the way people interact with ads how is this going to work with that and and you can veer off of those old rules, but they're a good foundation as a starting place. And I always suggest that people start there because there's a lot of smarts that was in what was done historically. It doesn't always predict everything for the future, but it's a good foundation to start with.
0: Thank you again, John, for joining us once again on the Thinking Ahead podcast. If you would like more information on effective advertising and how to utilize that small mobile screen, I will leave a link in the show notes for you for John's recent article and ebook on the subject. The article is a great overview. However, I do recommend that you sign up for the ebook. It's completely free and it goes into a lot of detail and I think it is very helpful thank you once again John
1: thank you it's been a pleasure speaking with you again today
0: thank you for listening to this week's episode of thinking ahead for more information on today's topic you can click the link in the description and please make sure to leave us a rating and review let us know what you like about the show And of course, if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button to keep up to date on the latest insights. We'll see you next time so you can keep thinking
1: ahead.